I learned to have patience and that good things take time and that you can't rush things like chemotherapy and you have to wait. And for somebody who's very anxious and wants things to get done quickly, that is what this year and this experience has really taught me that the universe does have a plan and good things do take time. And there's only so much that I, as a 17 year old or any of us as little humans on this huge earth can control. And so it's best to focus on what we can and release what we can. Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dachis marmette We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. Hello, and welcome to episode 84 of the Art of Living Well podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, we want to give a shout out to those of you who have written us a review on Apple Podcasts and share one of our latest five-star reviews. This review comes from Yogini Tanya B. Stephanie and Marnie present a rich, down-to-earth wellness podcast full of inspiring guests, relatable topics, and lots of laughter. I love that they are open, sharing, and excited to bring the best of modern wellness to the listener who wants a dose of healthy tips, stories, and knowledge. Thank you so much for taking the time to write such a thoughtful and heartfelt review. It really means a lot to us to know that our show is positively impacting others, and doing this really helps others find us and benefit from the information as well. So keep those reviews coming. We also have a super exciting in-person event coming up. It's our Backyard Yoga Bash and Clean Crafted Wine Tasting, and that's taking place on Thursday, July 22nd at 6 p.m. in Plymouth, Minnesota. We're co-hosting the event with Ashley Sondergaard, who hosts the Yoga Magic podcast. Ashley was a guest on our podcast several months ago, and we were on hers as well, and we're so excited for this collaboration. There's going to be yoga, wine tasting. Ashley's going to talk to us about the astrological happenings in the sky. And we're just going to all get together and have a great time. And finally, we created a barbecue summertime recipe book for you to help inspire you to make delicious, nourishing, and simple recipes for your next few social gatherings. Simply click the link in the show notes or go through our Instagram profile to download your copy of the recipes today. And now we are so excited to welcome today's guest, Marley Comito. Marley just graduated this past May from Hopkins High School in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and she's planning to attend the University of Wisconsin-Madison this fall as a journalism major. Marley is a writer, blogger, vlogger, and a podcast host for her podcast called Spill the Soup. During our conversation today, we were both so impressed with Marley's poise and maturity. We talked about a lot of serious topics. We talked about applying to college and how stressful that can be. We talked about 
stress during the pandemic in the teen world. We talked about social media usage. And we also just talked a little bit about, you know, what teens wished that parents understood about their generation. And then we kind of went on to hear how Marley keeps herself healthy, both mentally and physically. And she also told us about her podcast, Spill the Soup. So without further ado, let's dive right into our conversation with Marley Camito. But first, a quick word from our new sponsor, The Healthy Place, an online and brick and mortar supplement store based in Wisconsin. We know how overwhelming and confusing shopping for vitamins and supplements can be, and many people start taking supplements without understanding what their body needs. It is so important to ensure that the supplements you're taking are high quality, free of common allergens, GMOs, and third-party tested, so you know that what you are putting in your body is actually what it states on the bottle. We recently sat down and chatted with the founder of The Healthy Place, Tim O'Brien, whose mission as a company is to impact, empower, and educate every customer to learn, grow, and create a lifelong foundation of health and wellness. Both Tim and his wife and co-owner, Becky, strive to inspire their customers to make healthy changes that will impact every area of their life, and we couldn't agree more with their values. One of the things that sets the Healthy Place apart from the other places that you can buy supplements from is their team of wellness consultants who are ready to help you find the highest quality product. They won't just find you a product for what you believe you may need, they ask questions to understand the underlying condition that you're trying to address, and they really guide and educate you on your journey to find wellness. And now they have an online chat feature that duplicates the level of service that you get from their in-person store, allowing you to receive personalized service from the comfort of your home. Some common ailments they love helping customers address include chronic pain, stress, anxiety, sleep issues, and even energy and immunity. We were so impressed with their genuine desire to help educate and motivate their customers to get to the root of their issue and address it in a very holistic way. Another benefit we love about findyourhealthyplace.com is that they carry many different vetted brands so that you are not stuck with one brand or product to try. So head on over to findyourhealthyplace.com and chat with an online wellness consultant. You can use code LIVINGWELL for 30% off the full price of your supplement purchase. Hi, Marley. Thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast today. I met you through my daughter, Gabby, as she's really close friends with your little sister, Ruby. Actually, the first time I met you, you were a new driver. And I think you got lost trying to pick Ruby up at my parents' house and you had some sort of interaction with some dogs. And anyway, that's a story for another day. But Marley, I've been so impressed by all the things you do as a 17-year-old in high school and how well-spoken and driven you are. And I love that you're interested in sharing stories of other teens and helping give insight into what it's like to be a teen during these unprecedented times and also just talking about normal teenage issues. So everyone has a story and we would really love to hear your story and how you came to be writing and blogging and vlogging and ultimately hosting your own podcast. Well, thank you so much for that beautiful introduction and for having me on today. I'm super excited to be here. I kind of forgot about that dog story. That's hilarious that you remember that. <laughs> but in terms of my story, 
Well, my biggest inspiration I have to start out by saying is my mom, because she has always been a beat reporter and a news anchor and a television host and now a radio show host. And so working in the entertainment industry has always kind of been what I've seen growing up with her and how she's had a radio personality and a media personality. And so I knew I could always see myself going into that field more than sitting down and doing like an office job as I got older. I used to be involved in like acting and playwriting and dance and singing lessons, but I realized, I don't know, being an actress wasn't necessarily my thing, but I always knew that I was a people person. So what inspired me to start working on like creating my own platform was taking a two month study abroad trip to Israel during my junior year of high school, because I was going on a totally new experience. I had no idea who anybody else going was. And I wanted to share what that experience was like with all of my friends and family at home. So I was inspired to start my very own YouTube channel and post these weekly vlog, which are like video blog episodes of what my friends and I were doing every day, how it was going. And I just would basically walk around Israel for eight weeks, holding up my camera or my phone and recording these videos and editing them and posting them once a week. So once I kind of got my name out there and I got comfortable being on screen and editing videos for myself, it inspired me to work more for my name. And once I got home, the Minneapolis Jewish Federation actually reached out to me regarding the vlogs that they saw, and they asked if I would write them a blog post about my experience. So then I kind of got familiar with creative writing, and I started blogging, and they liked it because their audience was really older than I am, and so they thought it was very refreshing to hear a younger voice. So then they asked me to start writing these monthly blog posts. And I've been doing that since September, and it's been amazing, and I can really just write freely about whatever I want. And then the opportunity presented to start a podcast. I had always wanted to go into podcasting. I think it's still fairly new, but so exciting. And I don't know, you can reach so many different audiences and people through it. And I don't know if this sounds wrong, but I I always felt like I had a lot to say and I wanted kind of a platform to express that. And so another organization called Twin Cities Jew Folk reached out to me and they offered if I wanted to start writing for them too. But I don't want to be a writer when I'm older. And I saw that they had podcasting. So I pitched this idea to them that I had, which was basically giving insight into the life of a 2021 teenager, because the times today are very different than when you guys were growing up, when my parents were growing up. And maybe that's just due to like social media and just all these changing times. And so I thought it would be fascinating to make a podcast where I have different guests on that are my friends or other teenagers that can talk about a variety of topics like mental health, social media, activism, anything interesting to give parents or young adults or anybody that feels sort of disconnected from the teenagers of today kind of insight into like what goes through our heads and what we talk about. But did that answer your question? So yeah, from there, I'm still exploring. And as I go on to college next year, I'm going to hopefully keep trying to keep building up my name and all that. And you want to be a journalism major, right? You mentioned. Yes. Which is awesome. Totally. I mean, I haven't, I don't know if it's necessarily reporting, but I know that I do want to work in entertainment. And I think a journalism degree is definitely the best exposure I could have to get there. I mean, first of all, this is so impressive that you've done all this and you are so driven and focused at such a young age. Like not many 17 year olds know what they want to be when they grow up, right? for lack of a better word, but just your passion to share your experiences with others and to be vulnerable and open 
it's amazing. And the guests that you have on, just like you and your friends talking, um, it's insightful as a parent of teenagers to gleam and get this insight from, from inside here, because, you know, our kids don't always share this information with us, but having your perspective helps us as parents too. And I know, I know you're benefiting a lot of teenagers Thank out you. there as well, who know that they're not alone in how they and how they feel about certain issues. So just wanted to say that, you know, so the last year and a half or a little bit over a year has been challenging for all of us during this pandemic. And we'd love for you to share, you know, just how the spending your junior year and senior year, or most of your junior year, and then senior year during the pandemic was for you. And maybe talk about how you've been able to stay grounded during this time. Of course. I will be honest when I don't know, I kind of think of this past year as like fun quarantine versus like when it became too long. I feel like last April and last March, it was scary because nobody knew what was going on. But I personally loved being at home with my family and getting that extra time and getting to sleep in every day and not having school. Like it was all fun. And we thought, yeah, it'd be over by summer and I would still get to go to camp and then have my senior year and then life would be normal again. But I don't know. I, I am very thankful that I had an amazing family and a beautiful house. And I, my family and I were able to stay safe during that time, but I did feel a loss. Like I said, I'm, I'm very social. I'm a people person. And it was hard to feel so disconnected from all my friends out of nowhere, especially I mentioned that I was studying abroad in Israel and it was like, right when I got home, I had been back to school for less than a month before the whole world shut down. So I was thankful I got that whole experience and my trip didn't get cut short, but still, I, I still was kind of getting used to the U S again. And then all this started happening and it was just kind of a, quick change of pace or whatever. But I don't know, last year felt okay. The summer was a little bit depressing and it was hard for my friends and I to make things work. We wanted to hang out. We missed out on a really special summer at camp. It was supposed to be like our CIT summer. They call it Ozo summer where I go. And it was really hard to lose that of anything. And then we figured still that like school would be normal again. So there's been a lot of losses with senior year. I think it's a sensitive topic. Everybody was busy kind of mourning what the 2020 seniors had lost because they weren't able to have prom and graduation or any of that. But my class, like class of 2021, really hasn't had anything. And we're planning right now to have like prom in the parking lot or graduation outside with only like one or two guests. But so I'm thankful for that. But it's hard. And I've struggled to throw a pity party for my friends and I who won't get to have that last year of high school or don't get to experience all the highs and lows of high school football games again or going to school dances. But then I think about the millions of people that have lost someone or are sick or don't have a home or a family and they're not fortunate enough to go home and feel okay that way during this pandemic. I know I'm wording that wrong, but it's put a lot into perspective for me to kind of understand how grateful I am, but also, and I'm not trying to invalidate my feelings because it is hard and it's hard for everybody to be home and not have this exciting year that it was supposed to be. But I have shifted my perspective a lot to look at the bigger picture and realize how it could always be worse. Like, yes, it could be better, but it could always be worse too. And I think that mindset has really helped me get through a lot of these hardships. That's so amazing that you have that insight as a 17 year old. I know people in their sixties and seventies that don't have that attitude during this time. So that truly, I mean, that's very special, but I have to think that there are times where you just want to scream or tear your hair out or whatever. So how do you handle that? And what do you do to kind of relieve that stress? I don't know. I'm such a firm believer that everything happens for a reason or 
I don't know, something that I've juggled a lot with is like, if I'm at such a low point right now, it's all going to even out in the end and things are going to get better like really soon. And it's all going to be equal, like the good and the bad. And I'm still in the process of learning that like, that just isn't true. This year has been really hard. And I will share that my mom, my biggest inspiration, my best friend, she was recently diagnosed with a rare form of leukemia. It was such a, like a 2020 thing to happen. And I, I don't know, I still talking about it. It, it shocks me because it feels like surreal when it's happening in your own home. It, it's one of those things where like you hear about people that have experienced this or know somebody else who's experienced cancer and it's never that close to home. And so I'm still kind of wrapping my head around it. But after that happened, I was so frustrated with the universe for so long. Like, why would this happen to us? What did I do to deserve this? Why me? Why my mom? Like why our family? I thought I had already been through a lot of hardship and then the whole year. And then how could this happen to no senior year, no mom at home. And it was, it was tough. And that I'm learning a lot from going through all the, I wear a ring on my finger that says this too shall pass. And that really helps me. Of course, telling yourself that is easier said than done, but that motto has always stuck with me that things will turn out okay in the end. And it's important to be strong. What it's taught me is that everybody's fighting their own personal battles and you never really know what anyone else is going through. And so it's hard to assume that oh, they live such a perfect life. Why did all these bad things happen to me? Because as a teenager, I'm sure you guys have kids if you've heard this. Even as an adult, we all compare ourselves to our peers and it's it's toxic, but it's real. And so when I would compare myself to my friends and say, they don't have to go through this. Like they live such a perfect life. Like why me? Like my life sucks and all that stuff. I just would realize that everybody's fighting their own battles and it's important to recognize that and do things that you know will help you get through it, whether that's sharing or journaling or something I found was finding help in my writing and expressing that and starting new projects to make me look forward to my future, like podcasting, mainly just prioritizing things that I knew would help me strive for a better future. I had been applying to college in like the heat of the moment when my mom got sick and working harder at that, I knew would benefit both me and her. My mom never wanted us to stop doing what we were doing and put our lives on hold. And that motivated me even more. I am the oldest. And so I wanted to be there for my siblings and drive them wherever they needed to go and step in when my mom was in the hospital and also help out my parents whenever they needed. But I also knew that it was okay to take time for myself and do whatever I needed to do to be that strong older sister, oldest child, all of that. So whether that was talking to my friends or just taking a minute to sit with my feelings, something that I'm very guilty of is like being go, 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 and having a completely packed schedule every day so that I don't have time to really just sit down and think about my feelings and cry. So I learned to have patience and that good things take time and that you can't rush things like chemotherapy and you have to wait. And for somebody who's very anxious and wants things to get done quickly, that is what this year and this experience has really taught me that the universe does have a plan and good things do take time. And there's only so much that I, as a 17 year old or any of us as little humans on this huge earth can control. And so it's best to focus on what we can and release what we can't. That was so profound, Marley. I mean, I Thank you. <laughs> seriously, and just mature and inspirational. And like Marnie kind of said earlier, there are 
50, 60, 70 year olds that don't get to that place where you can, you know, it's this feeling of peace given all that you've been through. It sounds like, and obviously there's ups and downs, right? Let's not discount any of that, but just the fact that you can recognize one, others are going through some stuff, terrible stuff as well. And two, just having these tools and strategies just to let yourself cry or relieve the stress, talk to your friends, sit with your emotions. I mean, I think all that is very impactful. Thank you. And so you talked a little bit about the college process or just the fact that you were applying to schools um, while your mother was going through cancer treatment. And I don't know if you can share where you're going to be going next year, but we'd love to just talk about the college process and stressors. And we know you've talked about this a little bit on some of your um, episodes for your own past, your own podcast. And maybe just sharing some insight that you have learned that you can pass on to other students and parents. Of course. Yes. I, as I reflect on this whole process, I am praying for all the parents and high schoolers that will have to go through it in the next few years, because I swear every year it just gets harder and harder. But one of the biggest losses of senior year, and I'll start out by saying that, was being able to go on a lot of these college tours, something that a lot of big universities introduced were these Zoom tours, but there's only so much of a college campus you can really get a feel for by looking at pictures of it and hearing somebody talk about how great it is. So it was hard for me to envision myself at so many campuses across the country when I had never stepped foot on them and talked to other students there. And that was something that I really missed because I've heard it's so fun to go on college tours with your friends and your parents and all that. And another big thing was that schools went what is called test optional. So I spent my whole summer studying and then registered for six SATs and they were all canceled in Minneapolis. So I will say that I'm graduating high school by never taking a standardized test in my entire life, which is pretty crazy because I got into some great schools without taking it. But that just goes to show how they don't measure your intelligence. That's another note that we can talk about later. But um, So that was pretty crazy. And I thought by not having those test scores, my application would only be seen as like my GPA, my extracurricular activities, my essays, all things that I was much more proud of. And I thought that would boost my chances a lot of getting into schools. However, I guess every single high school senior had that same mindset. And these colleges would come out saying that acceptance rates and the increase in applications that they had received this year was like at a all-time max. I applied to like UCLA and they received over 150,000 undergraduate applications. Insane. Like it's actually ridiculous. Yeah. So with those kind of statistics, I mean, acceptance rates for the Ivy Leagues, they came out saying that now you have a 3.5% of getting into Harvard after this year. And that just put a damper on everything even more. I, I don't know. I tried not to get intimidated by statistics. Something I just kept telling myself was that I'm different, or I wrote about this, and that makes me unique. And all throughout high school, you want to stand out so much on paper. You want to, I kept telling myself, if I changed one word in my essay, maybe that would help me get in. And that is so incorrect. The whole process, as I reflect now that I'm done with it, is a total game. And it's wild to hear that, like, some of my friends with 4.0s and perfect test scores will get rejected from amazing schools across the country. Like, what else could they want? but it's so hard to express who you are on paper. So as I had gone through this process in the fall, I was so determined to be the best and beat the odds and tell everybody that I was different and I could get into these schools without perfect stats. And like that would somehow elevate my status, which 
is a horrible mindset and I don't recommend, but it motivated me to try harder and keep going to these virtual sessions, even though they were pointless. I thought it would help boost my application if they kept seeing my name or I would reach out to the admissions reps of these schools and try to get them to know me on a personal level. So it would be harder to reject me when they read my application. And all of these things helped. And now looking back, I can just say that maybe they helped, maybe they didn't. But if anything, they just proved that I'm a very determined person and I should take that with me because working hard for something you want, like working that hard is a great skill. So I'm thankful, if anything, that my manic mode helped me learn that lesson that I can't achieve something I want if I work that hard. But one thing that I would give as a recommendation to any parents or students listening is to never tie your self-worth to these decision letters. Like I mentioned, the college decision process is a total game. And something toxic that I've heard my friends say that I've even thought to myself before is, why am I not good enough? Why don't they want me? Somebody like all you guys are better than me because you got in. Like I'm nothing. I'm worthless. These schools don't want me. Like what is wrong with me? Like it's a personal thing. And that is so, so incorrect. The problem with this process is that there are a million, like a ton of schools in this country, but so many kids all want to go to the same ones and there's just not enough room. So they have to be selective and it's never personal. It's never against you. It's all about who they have on paper, who they need more of. You never know if your admissions rep could have been in a really bad mood when they saw your application that random day and just thought to reject you, but never take it personally. I had to learn that, okay, like they're lost. If these schools don't want me, you will thrive no matter what institutional setting you're in. And the skills that you have, like determination with applying to college, will go with you wherever you go to college. It should never be tied to one specific school. And if I could tell myself that, like my, my past self from a few months ago, I would tell myself that, but also don't be so narrow-minded. I had such a set goal of going to school in a specific place, and I kind of blurred out all of my other options. And you should never do that. You should always be optimistic in, about anything, but especially for this and in such an unknown and strange unpredictable process. It's so much better to keep your options open and know that you will have an amazing experience wherever you end up. I think that's so wise. And, you know, I've been through the process with one of my kids already, and it is, it is a brutal process. And I think, you know, I've, I heard a statistic that the average admissions person that's reading an application spends about seven minutes per application And that was before they got, this was like the year before all of this. So I don't, I can't even imagine how much time they actually spent when they've doubled the number of applicants applying. And like you said, you get an admissions person that's having a bad day or, you know, only wants this type of person, you know, they, it is kind of like a puzzle and they try and Mm -hmm. fill their class with a mix of all different people. And if you don't fit whatever they're looking for in that particular moment, they move on to the next student. But the fact is so many kids are qualified and they'll do well wherever they end up. Yeah, that's such great advice. So let's change gears a little bit. Um, We want to dive in a little bit to teens and social media usage. And I know that you have talked about this on your podcast also, and I'm wondering what are your thoughts on this hot topic? And, you know, are you on social media? How often, what apps do you like to use or not use? Yes. And this is a pretty broad topic. So I can take this question a few different ways, but just to give an overview that 
I don't know. It's almost like you're weird. If I was meeting somebody for the first time and I said like, oh, I don't have a Snapchat or, oh, I don't have an Instagram. Like that's very much not normal. Everybody has one. It's how you communicate with people. It's how you meet anybody, especially like with this college application process. I mean, these Facebook groups designated for like University of Minnesota class of 2025 is how most of kids today are meeting their roommates or their groups of friends at school. So I feel like social media is just used for absolutely everything. I've even been in school and they say, join our Snapchat group. And it's where you talk about the homework assignments. And I don't know, it's like iMessage doesn't even exist anymore, but it's really just a way. I like to think of Instagram and Snapchat for their purposes, a way to express who you are, what you're doing. You post whatever you want to post, you post wherever you're on vacation, but it's turned into such a toxic mentality of how many followers do I have? How many followers does she have? How many likes am I getting on this? How many people are viewing my Snapchat story or who's swiping up and interacting with me? Who cares? Who doesn't care? And the whole purpose of wanting to post whenever you want, whatever you want, has kind of been defeated. I remember I got Instagram at a pretty young age. I want to say like sixth grade. And it wasn't as normal then, like now sixth graders have Instagram, but it wasn't really when I was in sixth grade. And so I would post like the most ridiculous pictures of like my dog or like these little screenshots, like comment for like me to rate how nice I think you are. Like these little trends that were such a thing when I was younger. And now it's like, you only, you only should be posting like once a month because you don't want to like annoy all your followers and you should only post something that you think has the perfect theme of your Instagram has to look pretty or people won't like paying attention to your page. And if you don't get enough likes on something, you should probably delete it because that means people don't really want to see that. And if you're posting a bikini picture, that will probably get a lot more likes than a picture of a sunset that you thought was nice. So I hate that, but I'm just saying that it's the truth and it's something that goes through every teenage girl, at least mind, and it's horrible. I think there are a lot of pros and cons because again, I've met so many mutual friends and I can connect with my family that lives across the country or other friends I have that live across the country through social media and seeing what they're doing every day. But it's the little things about caring about what other people think of you and being so self-conscious about whatever you post that it could give off the wrong impression and ruin your reputation somehow that I think is where we definitely need to fix that. I don't, really don't know how because it's just this worldwide teenage like unspoken secret that everyone knows but doesn't talk enough about and yeah I don't know it's hard I've, I've talked to my friends that have photoshopped their pictures to make their bodies look a certain way or their faces look we're minors like we're young like you don't need to look like Kim Kardashian on Instagram but it's so sad to me that so many people feel pressured to and that's horrible as a teenager to say that I I hope that my friends are listening to this and I'm not calling you guys out or anyone out. I'm just speaking about this normalcy that shouldn't be normal. I hope that kind of answered the question. <laughs> well, and you seem pretty grounded. I mean, I'm sure you, there are the pressures that you just talked about are real and you face them too. Yeah. But how do you, like when you're talking with your friends, you know, the ones that are Photoshopping their photos, which that just makes me so sad to think mm -hmm. about, especially when it comes to bodies. And I just think with girls and body image mm -hmm. and Instagram, that's where it can really, I feel pretty toxic quickly. Yeah. But like, what suggestions do you have for girls your age or even a little bit younger or advi advice? Or, yeah. Something I've always told myself because I've definitely, again, dealt with the whole people won't like this. Like, I know I won't get as many likes if I post this. Yeah. And then I like take a step back and I'm like, did I actually just think those things? Like, that's ridiculous. Like, oh my God, like, I can't believe that. But 
I don't know. Sometimes I think like if I feel very good about myself in something that I wanted to post and I thought, oh, it wouldn't get enough likes. Like you have to do what makes you happy. That's why people are following your Instagram to see pictures of you, whether you want to believe that or not. They want to see what you think they should want to see. Does that make sense? They followed you to see what you are posting and what you're posting should be what you want to be posting, not what you think they want to see you posting. There's a lot of words. So I've told myself, if I feel good about this, I should put it up there. It's my Instagram. There is no Instagram God that's going to tell me, oh my God, you're horrible. Like delete this now. You know, it's just a self-conscious thing. And so easier said than done, but you have to just tell yourself, if you feel good about this, people will want to see that. And if they're going to be fake about it or not comment or not like it, they're not your real friends and people will support you no matter what you want to do, because those people are there to see what you want them to be seeing. Does that make sense? Yes. And such great insight for you to be able to, it's really like your mindset about this is really, it's really amazing, honestly. Thank you. Because there are adults that still don't have that. (laughs) It's tough. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's just what like society and the social media world has become. So it's better to face it and understand that, you know, and acknowledge rather than just pretend it's not there and keep susceptible to it. So do you feel pressure to have a presence, like a certain presence? On my social media? Yeah. A little. I Oh, on the college note too, one like big deal is like changing your Instagram bio to say like University of Minnesota class of 2025. Like you write, like it's such a big deal to have the little bio change where like it shows where you're going to school and then like your class. And I've even, I've decided where I'm going to college. I'm going to University of Wisconsin-Madison. I'm very excited, but I still haven't done the little bio change because I get nervous about people being like, oh, like people like flooding in my thing or like, or all my DMs and stuff saying like, congratulations, or like, why haven't you announced this anywhere else? And so I like will purposely go look at people's Instagrams to see if they have the bio change of where they're going to college. Like it's such a big deal. So it's like the little things like that or what you put in your on your Instagram story has become a really big deal too. I I just finished talking about this in one of my podcast episodes and then I'll answer your question, I promise, but something that has become popular after the death of George Floyd and so many other horrific acts of police brutality due to racial injustices across our country is these little like informational infographics that have become popular on Instagram and what kind of the the norm has become is posting them on your story for your followers to see. And they say like, okay, like it's great that you're supporting this and spreading this information for all your followers to see. But something that I've noticed and my friends and I have had this conversation is that when people aren't posting them, it's like, oh my gosh, like they're a racist. They're ignorant. They don't care about what's going on in the world. They're too busy posting about sports or that they just got a new puppy and they're not, they don't care about what's happening in the world. And that's horrible because first of all, some people might just not want to use their platforms to post about what's going on. It's not that they're ignorant or racist, but that is another toxic mindset that teenagers, I'm not sure if you guys have noticed this, like it's become, if they're not posting this, that shows something like white silence is violence. When I don't know. A lot of people might just not want to post about it on their Instagrams. I have always been somebody who's posted about them, of course, not just to show a good presence, but like, because I do care about these things. And I, I hope that my followers are using and reading through the resources that I'm providing on my Instagram. So in that way, I care about voicing my platform to help other people and to spread information that I stand for, that I believe in, and that I think would be necessary to any of my friends or my peers or my followers. 
But in other terms, I think I definitely have like a link to my podcast and to my blog and to all my other exciting little projects because I want people to see that. At first, I was nervous of being judged if I posted about it. Would people make fun of me? Would they think I'm trying to be somebody who I'm not because nobody really, I mean, not many people do this at 17. And so I was nervous about being judged for that. But after a while, I kind of got over it and I told myself, this makes me happy and I want my friends to see what I'm doing. So I told myself to stop caring about what other people think and to put it on my Instagram. So in that way, I do use my platform. And I think it's important that I like advertise what I'm doing and bring attention to it because I think it's important for my friends to hear conversations like these or read anything I'm writing about. So they do feel less alone, like you were telling me earlier, Stephanie. And so in that way, I care about the presence, but in terms of boosting my followers or getting verified or anything like too extreme, I haven't really gotten there yet. That's awesome. And I think you're just, you're using your passion and your gifts to be of service to others, you know, as far as like promoting the podcast and all that you're doing, that's how I would yeah, look at it. But thank you. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> so as parents, Marnie and I, right, both parents of teenagers, What are a few things that you wish parents understood about your generation or peer group? This is such a good question. Okay. Something that I wish (laughs) my parents understood and any of my friends' parents understood is how competitive these times are, whether it's about social media, whether it's about college admissions, whether it's about your appearance or what you're involved in or the clothes you're even wearing, anything and everything has become a competition between your peers. I don't know if it's always really just been like that and I'm just experiencing it now that I'm a teenager, but I think in the world of posting about everything that you're doing in your life and going on to have these amazing experiences with all the new opportunities and camps opening up and youth group opportunities and everything that's newer, something I wish my parents understood is that I've just been living in that mindset. No, I'm not ungrateful. No, I'm not selfish even. I just... It's hard because when you're a teenager today, you care just your whole world is clouded based on what other people think of you. And I hope parents understand that because just of how toxic it's become. If anything, I've met some of my friends' parents and they've understood that and they want to elevate their status by helping their kids with college admissions because if their kid goes to a good school, that somehow makes them seem like a cooler parent or all that. So Don't do that, but just understand where we're coming from and realize that if you're asking, if your daughter or son or anybody's asking for something like totally out of the blue or wants to wear these special clothes all of a sudden, it's because we're too stuck in the thought of like caring about what others think of us. And besides that, just hearing us out about what the norms are today, whether it's about social media, these ridiculous trends or wanting to be on TikTok for way too long every day. Like our whole world is living in our phone, which is sad. I wish like people could still like go on walks or do bike rides or use a home phone to call each other. But all your friends, your school, your sports, your whole life is in your phone. So I think I hear so many parents like get off that phone. Like it's like, you know, you're always yelling about the phones, but everything that you have is really in there. And it's sad, but it's just kind of reality. So if you think your kid is a total screenager or struggling to get off their phone and you know, like have human interaction or social skills face-to-face, they are learning everything from their phone. And so it's kind of hard to like retract from that when everything is really consumed by technology these days. It's a hard transition, but I feel like it's just kind of what society's become. Wow. 
Was that okay? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, just hearing you talk about the competition, it's like a little bit heartbreaking to me. Yeah, right? it is. Yeah, because like, I don't remember that growing up. I don't know about you, Stephanie, but I, I things were competitive, but not the way you're describing it. You know, like I would get dressed in the morning and I wouldn't think about, oh, is this outfit going to be okay at school? You know, like, I don't know. That's, it sounds intense. It does. And I liked what you, I mean, I like, but the advice that you said about, you know, no, I'm not un- ungrateful for everything you have, because I think the teenage years, you're, you're self-absorbed. That's just the natural like evolution of, of a human, of right? Course. So it's not abnormal, but it does as a parent sometimes get frustrating, like you are ungrateful, but I'm my whole world is clouded by what others think of me. I think that's what you said. I wrote it down because I thought it was so mm-hmm. profound. And I think as a parent, we do need to empathize and put ourselves in the shoes of our kids and try to relate to it. And I, you know, and I am, I do try to do that with, to some degree, like, okay, you want this. And I know it's just a material item. It doesn't cost a lot of money, but it's important to you. And I, I get it. Cause I've been there. And I think Growing up to your point, Marnie, there was some of that, but this is like amplified partially because of social yeah. media. But I think it's just good to have these conversations with our kids. Of course. You know. And also just for parents to be aware of what you are going through. Cause I think you explained it beautifully, but I don't know that my kids would be able to articulate it that clearly. Yeah. And sometimes it helps to hear it from someone that's not your own kid. Yes. And that's, that, oh, that makes me so happy to hear because that's exactly what I want this intention to be or the intention of my podcast, just insight into what we're thinking. And just while we're on this note, before we move on really quick, if any other teenager is listening to this, something that I've learned that's really helped me is that something we forget to remind ourselves of is that because teenagers are so self-absorbed, like my whole world, you're like living in, you're the main character of everything, you know, but um Every teenager just cares about themselves. I spend so much time worrying about what people are thinking of what I'm posting on Instagram, what I'm wearing to school, the little things. And you take a step back and like nobody actually cares that much. You know, it's such a big deal to you. But in retrospect, everybody's just worried about themselves. The same worry that I had about what I was putting on my body for school that day. All of my friends experienced that in their houses. Everybody's just worried about themselves. So I tried, like when I'm worried about what people are thinking of me, I just think of my friends going through that exact same thing and how I'm not that worried about what they're wearing to school. I'm worried about what I'm wearing to school, you know? So I think like everybody's going through that. It isn't really all about you. And that has helped me like pick out what I want to do and post what I want to post because I realize like nobody else actually cares that much. It's just me caring that much. So if it's going to make me happier, then I should want to do it. That's beautiful. Oh, oh my God. Beautiful. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. And actually, we'll I think out. that applies to adults as well. I mean, this is not of just course, a teenage yes. issue. This is an adult issue with many women as well. So, and we're in our mid forties to call us totally. out on this, right, Marnie? Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> This conversation has been amazing and I know we're kind of running out of time here and we love to leave our listeners with some simple tips that they can use to kind of implement into their lives. So you've already offered us a ton of tips, but what would you share to parents or teens listening to this show, um, just relating to the times and what people are going through today? Something I've learned in this competitive era is that pain is relative. I mentioned this a little bit earlier and that 
yes, you can present yourself to be this happy, glowing, amazing, perfect lifestyle that you somehow seem to be living on your Instagram. But if you like think about it deeper, like everybody's going through their own stuff, whether it's with the pandemic or you never, you never know what's going on behind closed doors. So when I would compare myself and say, my life sucks, my friends live this perfect life. They have perfect families. They are getting into great schools and this, this, and this, you never know what other people are going through. And when you're so self-absorbed in your own head about how perfect your life looks on social media or to other people, it's really easy to forget that. And you just have to remind yourself a few things, like I mentioned, this too shall pass. And also that everybody is really focused on themselves. And the only person that's looking out for you at the end of the day is you. So you should always be pursuing what makes you happy and posting what you want to be posting and doing what you want to be doing, because that is what matters. And that's what you're going to remember when you're older and can't go out and be doing all these things. You know, when I'm older, I want to reflect on what I did as a teenager and not say, I sat idly and cried about this, this, and this, and compared myself to all my friends and was miserable about the unfortunate circumstances of living in a pandemic and having a sick family member. But I want to say like what I did about it and how I would go out and spread information or be there for my friends or provide a platform for everybody to speak their feelings and get out this information to parents and other young adults. So that is what makes me happy. And I think that is the best way to go about life, you know, looking out for yourself and doing what makes you happy and ultimately putting down what other people think of you because it is not the end of the world. And if they're real and they love you no matter what, they won't care. That's such great <laughs> advice. Everything that you've shared is, oh, yes. Thank you. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about your podcast. We want to be able to tell everyone where people can find you and we'll link up everything in the show notes, but Maybe like your podcast, your blog, your Instagram and Facebook, all that. Perfect. Good stuff. Well, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, any of that at just Marley Comito, M-A-R-L-E-Y-C-O-M-I-T-O. And then my podcast, it's called Spill the Soup. So you can really Google that anywhere, but it's also on all streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, whatever. So that is available anywhere. My blog is a little bit harder to find. It's through the Minneapolis Jewish Federation, but I'm sure if you look up Marley Comito blog or Marley Comito Federation. My YouTube channel also will come up if you find me on there. So if you want to watch any of my vlogs and hear what Israel's like as a teenager, you can go ahead and do that too. But yes, that, I mean, that's pretty much it. Hopefully I'll have more to share soon. <laughs> and we'll link all that up in the show notes and everybody go listen to her um, podcast, Spill the Soup, because if you want more of this kind of conversation, there's lots of episodes and they're I've listened to most of them now and they're really wonderful. Um, so Marley, as we wrap this up, what does the art of living well mean to you? Oh, this is a great question too. I've thought about it a lot and I had a, an answer in my head a little bit before we started this episode, but as I reflect after our conversation, I think the art of living well to me is doing what makes me happy. Like I mentioned, whether that be meditation or journaling, just caring about yourself and knowing that mental health should always come first. And if you have a gut feeling about something, go through with it and listen to your body and your mind and take care of yourself to the best of your abilities, because this is the only body you can get. And this is the only person you can be. So you might as well do all that you can to make it the best yet. That was beautiful. So like, seriously, <laughs> like your insight and 
the way you communicate, you're going to do amazing things. We can't wait to see what you, what happens with your journalism career and beyond. And congratulations on your college decision. It's so exciting. (laughs) I was a Badger, loved it. My husband was a Badger. You'll have a, (laughs) Madison's a wonderful school. Thank you guys so much. And thank you for having me. This was such an amazing opportunity and I've loved talking with you guys. Yeah. I can't wait to share this with my kids too. So Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at the Art of Living underscore well on Instagram and Facebook where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well.